Through hard times and happy times, we at Imagine Yourself want to be here for you. We're so glad you decided to join us once again, and we invite you to Imagine Yourself. Thank you so much for joining us at Imagine Yourself. I'm Lene. And this is Sandy. And Lene, I know we have an important conversation today, especially in the middle of the times we're in. So I guess I'm going to look to you to sort of guide this as to how you want to start things off. Sounds good to me. First, I want to say that at Imagine Yourself Podcast, we always have the mission to discuss things and habits and activities that can better our lives on a personal level. And today is no different. Sandy, you and I, we are still on our mission to better our lives and anyone who's listening to better lives, better our world by using the power of communication and enlightenment even if it's an uneasy or difficult conversation or difficult time. And, you know, with that being said, I just want to say, if you're listening to this episode and you wonder where you fit in, we're going to say it right now. This episode is about race relations and how to have a healing and not hurtful heart-to-heart conversation about race in this country or in this world. Yeah. Don't you agree, Sandy? It's timely. (laughs) It's timely and it's necessary, and that's why we're doing it. Yeah. So I'm ready to listen, and I hope everyone else is ready to listen with an open heart and an open mind. You and I are in a very unique and wonderful situation where we are partners in a podcast. We are friends, and one of us is white and one of us is black, and we get to have some dialogue here. If you're someone in this audience listening and you are not black, Or if you are Black, we want you to listen in because we are trying our best to model how you can have a productive healing conversation across racial lines. And we think that's important. So this is just what a conversation like this could look like. And I feel like we may as well just jump into it, huh? Absolutely. As far as where I want to begin. It's from a personal perspective, the first part, and then it broadens out. But this past week has, honest to God, been one of or the most intense emotional weeks of my entire life. Mm-hmm. I am not over-dramatizing that at all. But I have felt more supported as a Black woman who navigates through very real challenges and differences in this country, I have felt more loved and supported by people of all races on this issue than I ever have in my entire life. Hmm. I have had many, many non-Black people ask me as a trusted friend, what can I do or say to help make changes? Because now With everything that's happened, I see that there is a race problem going on. So me personally, Lene, I cannot and I will not speak for all Black people, but I personally embrace this opportunity to answer and to try to give some insight in ways that I feel as a Black person in America for several number of years, I feel that I am qualified to lead a discussion to that answer, especially when I'm asked by my friends. And even when in a Imagine Yourself podcast situation where 
I hope we're all friends here, you know? <laughs> yes. So I, Lene, am not going to tell you, just go out and do some research because that is an answer that some people have heard. They've told me, and that's not going to be my thing today, or at least that's not going to be the first thing I say. I'll put it that way. I actually want to share with you directly, giving personal examples, insight, and then concrete suggestions to help you think about what you might want to do, some alternatives. And then at the end, of course, give some websites on how you might even dig in deeper. You know, research is one thing. When you're reading articles or you're watching a documentary, that's great. But personal experience from a friend is really eye-opening. And so I'm very encouraged and I'm looking forward to you sharing. I agree. That's human connection, right? That's mm -hmm. the basis of human connection and human understanding. I also want to just put a disclaimer to that effect that some of the things that we'll talk about, of course, my personal opinions, everything that I say is from Lene herself. It's not necessarily the views shared by whomever, you know, and Sandy, you've said that you want to listen and see what I have to say, but I also want to make sure that no one at the end of this feels berated or like I'm assigning fault or a condemnation for anything that anybody didn't know or didn't realize before. I just challenge that, again, you open your mind and change some of your thinking and mindsets. I also hope that you listen to this and it doesn't just change your mind for a day. I hope that it's impactful forever. You yes. know, <laughs> that's the goal here, right? It needs to have consequences in change. It needs to go somewhere, It not sweep under the rug. Yes, that's what I'm getting at, because our lives will return to some semblance of normalcy, but I don't ever want it to be forgotten what happened and what the impact is. Also, anyone who's listening who is Black, of course, may absolutely have other ways of doing things, other ways of saying things. Again, I don't speak for everyone, but I have lived years in all Black community and years in all white community and years in all Cuban communities and years in mixed and diverse communities. And as a podcaster and a speaker, I think that this is a platform where I can speak. So I'll jump right into it. The way that I'm going to handle this is, I don't know who developed this, but it's called the acronym of THINK. Everything that I try to impart, I'm going to pray that it is true helpful, intelligent, necessary, and kind. Think, T-H-I-N-K, truthful, helpful, intelligent, necessary, and kind. So what is true? The world recently just witnessed on video a man named George Floyd, who is Black, and from all news indications, there was a possibility that there may have been a $20 bill that may have been passed that was fake, and he was handcuffed and in police custody next to a police car. And the world watched a video of a man who was sat upon knee upon neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And we literally watched him expire before our eyes. Unimaginable, painful to watch. People were very affected by it and kind of became a catalyst for all of this. The catalyst, yes, for everything. So then that's what's true. What is helpful? I believe it's helpful to understand why, even though this was one injustice, why are perhaps some 
black people so on alert, especially now. And as a black American, I must say that I personally already knew that things like this have been happening for centuries. I personally have had to take precautions and assess situations and environments and be aware of my surroundings as all blacks have my entire life. Mm. I have seen things and had terrible racist experience that I have never shared with my non-black friends because it's not comfortable or convenient. When does that pop up? We're having coffee and talking about things. And I'm a said, you know, I'm a pretty positive, optimistic person by nature. When would that have come up? But it comes up now because it's staring right in the face of everyone. Yeah. I love people of all races. I know there's good and bad in all races, but I want to make sure that I highlight some things, like I said, to be helpful. I don't want my friends to say, I don't see color because even if you don't, I guess, or if somebody, even if somebody doesn't, a lot of the world sees color. And I think a lot of us realize that now. Mm -hmm. And I love being a black person. I would not change my color or my culture, even though there's racism and situations. But I have, along with many other blacks, been brave and strong and put on a brave face for decades. But this wound right here, seeing George Floyd, it opened the floodgates for many people. But Sandy, the first time in my life, I have actually felt so much more compassion from so many different races that I never felt before. I feel that there are people who realize there's folks out there who don't value Black people as humans. They don't think they matter at all. And it's shocking. It's shocking. And then like, now you feel like there's some support. All the times that people were saying that racism does exist. It's like, wow, yes, it does. We are being confirmed and validated in our claims. But also, Sandy, for the most part, Black people are in deep mourning right now. And George Floyd is not my biological relative. He is not my uncle or father or brother or husband or son, but he could have been. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It could have been. If a person doesn't have a Black father or son or spouse or whatever, Black man in that situation, then they can't say with certainty that it absolutely could have happened to their loved one. But if you do, I think you understand that now that it could have happened to your loved one if they're of the Black race. And I do, you know, my family's mixed. So I have maybe a little bit more of an experience than some other folks who are white. But unless you witness things, you know, and like you said, seeing this so vividly and so painfully and seeing the pain of my friend, Lene, and seeing the pain of people around, how could you not want to be moved to change something? Thank you. Thank you. Said That's the type of thing that I said I honestly had never had so much of before in my life. And I'm not saying, that Sandy, like that you wouldn't have said that to me before all this incident, but I do have friends who would not have even thought to say something along those lines before this. 
I just want to share a few things and give some examples for people who do care and really do want to make some changes and how they can go about doing that. So one thing is the cat is out the bag. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, as far as Black people who have their whole, especially driving lives, or even, I don't know, something about moving violations can cause problems, but you might be driving your car and you might have a taillight out or you might be going fast or slow or whatever, and you might get pulled over. And as a Black person, you do understand that you might get a wonderful police officer or a bad police officer or a racist police officer or a helpful police officer. You can get the full gamut. But as a Black person, it could be a situation where it could turn to life or death. And that's just not being overdramatic, but racism kind of exists. So I want you to imagine yourself Mm -hmm. for just a second as a helpful friend. Remember, can you imagine if your beloved family member had a disease that you had asked or begged for medical professionals to treat, but they said, no, you're overreacting. It's nothing. But then that beloved family member of yours died from that disease. And it was noted on all the local news stations How would you feel if the friends that lived within that local news station area said nothing about your family member who passed away from whatever this disease was? Would you feel like they didn't care? What if your friends, you started getting all your friends and they did call, but they only wanted to talk to you only about all the ins and outs of that specific disease that your family member had died from while you're still kind of in the process of grieving about it. Yeah. That could be tricky. What if your friends just told you, stay positive, be upbeat, everything will be all right. Mm. That might just, just remember, this is just a couple days after your beloved family member passed away. Not helpful. (laughs) What if your friends came to the funeral and started talking about all the tough things that they've been going through lately or said, you know, even though we're at your funeral, And I know that this is bad with your family member, but I think that you should like make sure you remember to concentrate on women's rights. They're all the different rights. I just would wonder, like, why are we talking about that right now at the funeral? So they're changing (laughs) the subject to something different is what you're saying. Yeah. What if they said, hey, is there anything I can do to help? And you say, yeah, I just want you to be there for me right now. Be supportive or show your support. But they said, well, I don't know how to show support. Either you don't know how to help or maybe you try to do some big, huge thing. The only reason I give this example is because I just love to have it where people think of things, if it were to happen to them, I feel like racism is a disease. It has been highlighted for years. It has been dismissed as overreacting. Finally, it did kill someone a loved one in my community, not in my family. And everyone did see what happened on the local and national news. And me along with other black people are grieving and mourning. This one time, just this one little time, please, it's not about you or it's not about all these other injustices. Just this one time, For these few days or something, can it be about Black people and their struggle and their worth? So I welcome 
a little text from friends who say, I'm just checking in on you, Lene. I just love you. I welcome the compassion. I even welcome the part I desire to understand some of the things that I never understood before, Lene. And I would love to support you. So boom, this is where, I don't know if you're ready for all this, Sandy, but (laughs) I do have some suggestions. I'm all ears. So remember my think thing again. So what is true, what is helpful, what is intelligent. I challenge people to be a new kind of intelligent. Seeing the world with fresh eyes, being compassionate and understanding and starting to actively look around for things that they had not noticed before. I already mentioned the part about sending a little note or text to your Black friends or Black family members, just saying, I see you, I understand that you may be affected harshly by this and you have my support. But then it can go further than that. You can still go further than that as far as if you have a sphere of influence or a circle of friends that are not Black and you simply acknowledge this was wrong. This is not what we want to be the case in our America. Yeah. Maybe you speak up if a racist joke zings by. Maybe you speak up if you see something discriminatory. Maybe you start to consider that there are some pieces of legislation that actually could lead to more incidents like this. We don't want more George Floyd incidents. We understand that this was on videotape, but what if it had not been on videotape? Right. Would it have, you know, because lots of things have been coming up lately because of technology and you can see things on video. What about this? What if a few other small steps? What if we try to not jump to be judgmental? When you watch the news, you watch with a different type of eye because a lot of things that Black people have also been getting coming their way is, well, there's all this looting now and destruction. Okay, I cannot say that there are no Black people who have participated, but I have also, of all the crazy things in the world, seen that there are some non-Black people with some very strange agendas going on right now as far as this looting thing is concerned. I have seen some, seems like, anarchists. I've seen some opportunists who just want some free stuff. I've seen some political agendas. I've just seen some weird things that I had not seen before ever as far as these lootings. are. And I have seen some people who were, because of what happened and who were Black and were angry, wanted to unleash that frustration out in a looting way. I do not condone that, but I definitely don't condone people who have no care about what has just happened from a racial standpoint. They just have their own agendas and Black people are getting blamed for this too. I just challenge you to take a deeper look before you just jump to judgment. And I say that with all things. Absolutely. I don't want people to think all Blacks are always innocent in every case or all police are always guilty in every case, always the bad guy. That is not the dynamic. I encourage people to look more fully at details and more fully at videos before they make a comment or a judgment. Watch the news differently. And watch what you say on social media. That's a good point too, because social media posts and then social media comments can just be so hurtful. In some cases, I think people spoke a comment, maybe not even in a malicious or even intentionally racist way, 
but it was painful. Again, it's kind of like if you're at my funeral for my loved one and you are saying, well, why did you do this and why did you do that? And you should be blamed for this. Why would you choose the timing for that? Or even from a factual perspective, well, black people kill black people. Well, white people kill white people. So I just want people to think there are incidents of road rage, bar fights, love affair gone wrong, where people kill people. But I don't believe that this gives the right to have one group of people unjustly targeted or profiled to believe that the color of your skin means that you are going to be up to something bad. Exactly. Okay, so then we go deeper. So we've talked about changing the mindset. But then what about the actions? For example, we all might examine ourselves for a minute, no matter what race we are, and start to think, would you frequent a business that has become outed as being racist? Or for that matter, what if there was a business or company that's being outed as being terrorist or something? I just don't think that you would keep supporting that business. Mm. So be on the lookout for things like that. What about searching yourself also in your own business? Are you just kind of taking a quick perusal and making sure that your policies within your own business are not only non-discriminatory, but maybe even open to diversity or your hiring practices, the way that you treat customers that come in to make sure that you have equality within your own area and that your employees do the same so that you're not guilty yourself of racial bias. If you're over the age of 18, vote. And when you vote for candidates on the local level, the state level, the national level, really think about if they've ever had any rhetoric or policies that seem to be consistently racist or discriminatory. As I said, this does open your eyes to like women's rights and things like that. But if they've ever been gender biased or racially biased, then you might want to reconsider if that's the candidate you want to go for or not. Like you said, Sandy, on social media, if you have a voice and you tend to be active on social media, then consider the posts that you are willing to post that would uphold equality and that would promote unity. And if you see people with the comments going on there too, you've got to understand that's, you've got to call it what it is, at least in your own mind. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of things. Use your gifts. If you're an artist, you might consider creating an art piece that shows racial unity. I don't know. If you're a lawyer, you might consider some racially inhibiting practices that are, you know, need to be looked at. If you're a government official or a police officer, consider some possible reforms or training or something. There's lots of juicy stuff. If you can write, you can write to your politicians, you can sign petitions, look at legislation that could be dangerous. If you're a speaker on a platform, you can put out messages of unity. You can be more inclusive if you are a school teacher, or even if you are a soccer coach, be on the watch. Now that you know it can happen, be on the watch for possible racial undertones that might come up and affect the children who we're supposed to be teaching. We have the opportunity to help build a generation of new young people who will smash down when they see racial injustice and racist remarks rear their ugly head. What is being taught to our children? 
How do you recommend as parents people deal with this and how young and, you know, obviously you want to be age appropriate with things. There are ways to talk about it, right? Absolutely. I truly believe all households across America. And as I'm looking at the news and seeing protests in Paris and protests, you know, in other countries, there was a George Floyd mural in Syria. I mean, it's just stretching far. So as far as the whole world can be having conversations with their young people right now or with their children, like you said, age appropriate, hopefully with a slant towards understanding and not towards hate, hopefully with a slant towards hope and not hopelessness, hopefully with a slant of instead of us versus them, we and we. And that's where the part where, remember, I said I wasn't going to say it first research. That's not going to be my first go-to. But I do encourage research now that we're having this dialogue. And Sandy, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to pull something out from way back. All my life, I have had certain people say, why have Black History Month? And I will say, because in my opinion, white history is promoted and espoused all year round. But Black History Month was created to have a forum to remind all Americans some of the little known but great achievements in the areas of business and medicine and culture and the art and history that we have achieved as Black people. Mm -hmm. We were not just slaves that came here and one day got free. And I want that narrative to change. So if you don't teach your children about some of the inventors that created the stoplight or that helped Thomas Edison to get the light bulb created because of the filament, that these were black people, Mm. that, you know, certain advances in open heart surgery, black people contributed. Hidden Figures, the famous movie. With the women who were in NASA, several black women who not only were highly intelligent and great workers and helped get the space shuttle launched and with their mathematics and science skills, but who also had to deal with some very inhuman just indignities as far as not being allowed to use the bathroom in your building because you were black. Because this is imagine yourself. I just want you to think for a second. Imagine yourself walking and you yourself, especially if anybody in the audience who is non but I'll even say who's white in this case, because this is, this is an interesting one. Imagine yourself walking into a restaurant or a church or a full office or a movie theater and being the only white person in the entire building. You look around. I'm not saying that you're racist or not racist or whatever, but you are white and you look around and every single person in the building is black except you in the whole building. That's definitely happened to me only because I think of my situation, but it's not typical, right? It's not typical. Not typical. There you go. So now what if you started to get a few stares or even some sneers or even some, excuse me, why are you here? I don't think you're supposed to be here. You can't tell me that you've got a piece of toilet paper stuck on the bottom of your shoe or that you had bad breath or something. I'm going to tell you (laughs) it's because of the color of your skin. And this happens to black people every day in the 2020 years. Do you understand? Like you're talking right now. Right. Yes. In some places, in some areas, there are plenty of areas that that doesn't happen. Maybe I'm just doing a promo here. I love living in Metro Detroit because 
things like that tend to not happen because a lot of people in Metro Detroit are used to seeing black people and vice versa. And it just, it's not this open mouth, slack jaw. Oh my gosh, there's a black person here. Figure out why they're here, what they're about to do to us. I don't tend to get that. I hope not. But I have lived (laughs) in states where absolutely that has been the case. I've lived in growing up all the things, like I said, these are things I never would have shared, but yes, I've been spit on. Yes, I've been called the N-word. Yes, I've mm. been accused of things. Yes, I've had policemen harass me for something I didn't do and hold me for hours and threaten to arrest me and then finally just let me go and say nothing. Of course I've had these. Whoa. I've never said it to anybody, not too much black or white people. It's just, you just pick up your boots and keep on going. I don't have huge bitterness. I don't consider myself to be a racist. I love people of all races, but I sure do see color and I sure will be careful. And when I analyze a person, I want to see if they're coming at me from a good place or a bad place, whether that be because I'm a woman or because I'm black or because I'm from a certain part of the country. There are all kinds of reasons that people could not like me or think something about me. But the first thing you're going to see is that I'm a woman and that I'm black. And that's facts. Yeah. And let's hope that the majority of people, that doesn't give them any cause to have any preconceived notions. But as we are talking about, and the whole point of this is to say that there does exist in some cases, the preconceptions that leads to behavior, that leads to dangerous behavior. As disturbing as it may be, what people think in their minds is one thing. But what you're saying and what I hear other people saying is this is leading to situations where I'm fearing for myself and I'm fearing for my kids. Because, Sandy, you brought up something, again, that I've never, I just don't share, but I have two kids. I have a son and a daughter, especially for my son. He's 15. I absolutely have, for at least since he was 12 years old, had a full dialogue of how he needs to behave or prepare when he is in public or if he has any interaction with police officers so that he is not doing anything too fast movements or too threatening that I want him to overcompensate. I do have respect for police, so I definitely want him to respect authority and police. But for him being a black male, that he absolutely must I hate to say it, but overcompensate in huge ways to make sure that he doesn't end up not coming home alive that night. Can't even imagine it. I've heard it from other moms too. Yes. Some, so many moms. And how can other moms, how, I'm just asking, how can that not break your heart? Exactly. And that's that part where you were saying about teaching our own children. What if anyone listening to this podcast who didn't know about that even kind of acknowledged that or understood that. I mean, there's a situation where people talk a lot now about white privilege. And again, I believe that is real also. I don't, I don't mean that that means you need to cater to me as a black person, but just again, imagine yourself, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were seven feet tall and you would look around and say, wow, this world or this country was not designed for seven feet tall people. This was not designed for my growth. And it wasn't. This world is designed for five foot tall to six feet tall people, I believe. Mm -hmm. You're privileged to not be seven feet tall. And you will understand the complications of seven feet tall people that you never understood before. 
And it's not that seven feet tall is a bad height or a good height, but there's a difference. And there is a privilege to being an adult with the five to six feet range. And that goes for under also, if you're four feet tall, you will have challenges that we did not understand because this world was not designed for four feet tall adults either. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we have to restructure the whole world, but please understand it's a fact. So how do we proceed with that? Let's say you are a believer or a person who believes in the power of prayer. You still can pray and ask God, now that I'm seeing some things differently, what would you have me do? How would you have me use my particular influence or gifts or knowledge to help? Because I believe faith without works is dead. So just saying, I'm going to pray for you and then kind of poo-pooing it off. I don't care for that so much personally. But when you pray and ask God, I want change for this world and I'm willing to listen to a divine feedback on how I can do that, I do love it. If you're a church leader, be watchful of, I hate to say it, even sometimes racism in the church and be willing to address it and pluck it out. Maybe even initiate conversations within certain arenas about the love of all of God's people. Even if you don't have racism going on in your premises, it still can be an open dialogue and it still brings understanding. And to even preach that we don't think for a minute that God made a mistake when he added melanin to certain people's skin. Right. You know, how about this? Consider thinking of diversity as a beautiful thing that adds flavor to this world. Think about teaching, like I said, with the Black History Party, it doesn't have to be Black History Month, but think about learning about or researching and teaching your children about some of the magnificent culture and history of love and strength and education and art and music and entrepreneurship and even sports. I know sports is one that comes up big too. And that black people, like all people, have imperfections within their race. They have good black people, bad black people, good white people, bad white people. But just see my color, but don't hate my color and mm -hmm. don't assume my color is inferior. It's hard to believe anybody would think that, but apparently it's out there. Um, as far as seeing it, for my particular family, it's a mixed family. So in our family dynamic, we don't really see color. I see the people that I love the most. But I think what you're talking about is in a much broader sense. And I even like what you said about the part of the family members and loved ones even in your household that you love that are of a different race, you aren't seeing their race right off. You're seeing your loved one. And that is important too. But then as you go out into the world and you meet strangers, I'm sure you're making sure that you are, you know, seeing people for who they are. Yes. And I understand, yes, this person is from this race or this background, but I am not putting an immediate judgment or stereotype or stamp mm. on them right away. And that's part of it. You know, a lot of people ask about, in this particular case, about protesting. Protesting, if that is your method, that is fine. As I said, there's a lot of sinister things that have been happening in this country at this time where there will be peaceful protests for racial issues and then some ridiculous element that comes out at night that has nothing to do with the racial struggle you got to balance safety and, and all those things. But also, what if protesting is not your thing? That's not your method. I just want you to sit and think about some other venues. 
Now, I've seen, you know, this is as far as educating oneself. And I just want to put this one just because if you really are in this for good healing conversation, I want to make sure that you don't say some things that will be inflammatory right off the bat. If you do have <laughs> someone you're trying to, to do something in a good way, this is not my own, but I have seen this wonderful analogy on social media that compares Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, those two sayings, those two phrases. Of course, all lives matter. We know this. But think of this. This was the analogy I'd seen online. If your house is on fire, do you want the fire department to come on all the houses on your street and sprinkle a little water on their yards or whatever? Or do you want them to come to your house and use all the water they can at that moment to put out the fire of your house? Because yours is the only house on the block on fire. Yeah. And that matters. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Yeah. I want you to think about, and this is another part as far as educating, do you want to look up areas, specific areas that you could do a petition, that you could hopefully change legislation, that you could perhaps try to get certain people prosecuted for certain actions that they've taken? I, Lene, love a website called colorofchange.org. It is made up of 1.7 million members who aim to make changes in legislation, government, education, and businesses that will create a more human and less hostile world for Black people and for all people. And the motto is doing something real about injustice to move us all forward. Now, the reason I like colorofchange.org personally is because if you want to sign a petition on certain legislation, you can click on that box. Or if that's not your thing and you wanna do something that helps small businesses in certain communities, you click on that box. It just gives you an option so that you can do the things you want to do. Also, think about this. Bank of America just pledged a billion dollars to fight racial inequality, to give to community programs and nonprofits that will help black communities that are real after everything that has happened lately with COVID and looting and racial injustice and everything. Yeah. You gotta put yourself in a good place first, but if you want to look at some video footage or some news articles of some things that have happened recently that will very likely shock you to your core, of course you can look at the footage of what happened to George Floyd this past Memorial Day. You can read about what happened to Breonna Taylor as she was killed while she laid in her bed at night in her home mm. because of a no-knock warrant. You watch TV shows with the, you know, knock-knock, it's the police, open up. Well, no-knock warrant means you don't have to knock on the door and announce that you're the police. So you can just bust in. But also, by the way, it was the wrong house. They thought her house was a drug-related house. She's an EMT hero, basically, especially during COVID, and they had the wrong house, but they did shoot her and she is dead. Wow. But it was in a, you think about the neighborhood, if it happened in like Bill Gates's neighborhood, I think they would have knocked. That's because of not just race, but because of wealth too. So I just, you got to think about those. And if you want to look up what happened, just, it's like all these things have been happening. That just happened about a week before George Floyd. Then before that, Ahmaud Arbery was killed not by police, but by some citizens who thought he may have stolen something. And they shot him and killed him in the middle of the street in daylight. Wow. Uh, there's Philando Castile. If you look at the video, 
Philando Castile was in his car. It was a moving violation. The officer came. And I just want you to watch it for yourself because he says, officer, I have a weapon and I have a permit to carry a weapon. And the officer says, well, don't reach for it. He's like, no, I'm just going to give you the permit. Boom, 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 boom. Four shots dead. Wow. His child, four-year-old child was in the back seat. His girlfriend was in the front seat. He's dead. These are things like imagine yourself is not trying to terrify you. Lene is not trying to terrify you. But if you want to see some things, there are things to be seen. If you want to do some things, there are things to be done. There are good and bad people of all colors, races, religions, political parties, socioeconomic backgrounds, genders, occupations. There's good police officers, bad police officers, good government officials, bad ones. I just urge everyone to see Black people as people who have families and traditions and culture and rights and lives and strengths and goals and obstacles that you never realized. I want you to think about how you feel about Black people or any people who are different. And I challenge you to not put people into these terrible boxes and categories and to think that just because you're unaware of certain things doesn't mean they're not happening. Mm. Even if you do have a spouse that's Black or a child that's biracial, or they may have gone through some heart-wrenching experiences that they never shared with you for whatever reason, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And it doesn't mean it can't happen again. And if you pride yourself on being a person who cares about what's right or what's wrong, please don't turn a blind eye. Please don't say, oh, I'm just neutral on this. Please speak up. I'm not telling you to go fight somebody or sue somebody, but especially in your own circle of influence, if someone says women are just by nature less than men in all ways, or if they say blacks are just by nature less than whites in all ways, I urge you to, at the very least, <laughs> say something. Well, yeah. And usually it's not that blatant. Usually people don't say stuff like that, but they say things that could very well imply it. And although that's by no means everyone, it is out there. And I think that's yeah. where we are. So as far as where we are, we have talked a long time. I have talked a long time, I should say. I just want to make sure that we don't keep doing the same things, expecting different results. I believe everybody can be a positive agent of change. And I pray that like when all this does go back to normal, that you don't forget this and slip back into those old ways of thinking. Overall, thank you for listening. I mean, <laughs> well, this has been very enlightening for me. And I'm thinking it's been enlightening for a lot of people. And it's important. I mean, I'll let you in on something that Lene said to me before we started. I'm letting our audience in. Sandy, this is one of the most important things I've ever done. That's in my life. <laughs> yeah. We have a chance right here to do a shift, but it has to start be the change. That's a cliche. I actually I think it's a Gandhi quote, so it's a little more than a cliche. But Lene is giving us concrete ways to be the change. And it starts with empathy and an open heart, I think. I agree. And since we're at it, we may as well say, like I said, a lot of these views are things that I, Lene, hold. But check out imagineyourselfpodcast.com. You can contact us. You can write some of your concerns. We put out posts on Facebook. You can interact with us. You can ask questions. 
you can review our podcast. It, you can look back at other podcasts and see that we really do try to have people make changes in their health life, in their mental life, every aspect of life. And this is just one of those components. But we really are asking for some positive dialogue here. And when Sandy says, be the change, be it as far as the way you live and the way you act and the way you speak up. And then if you want to go further and do some petitions and legislation, things like that's just a click of a button to it. It's not that hard, right. <laughs> you know, or donating to causes that you feel are worthy after you've researched all the things. So there are things that we can do. And you know what, if we decide and we get more feedback that we need to revisit this, whether it's just Lene and I again, or with a guest, it's hot in the media right now. People are talking about it right now. But it's going to continue to be important. And I think even more important is what's going to happen in the weeks, the months, the years to I come. Agree. I agree. So imagine yourself learning from this heart-to-heart -heart conversation. You start by loving thy neighbor, no matter what race, building healthy relationships and bridges over that racial divide. Serve your community by what's best for all of its citizens and what's equal, showing compassion and unity and wanting, crying out for justice, but overall arming yourself with hope, love, faith, and wisdom as you connect with all people. Thanks for listening. We'd love your feedback. Go to imagineyourselfpodcast.com to send us an email or connect with us on social media. Take care of yourself and join us again next time when we'll have something new to imagine.